Now, I realize most of you think I only work two hours a week, but there was a time that I actually worked a little bit more than that. I actually worked in the American Playground Factory, and I was in the crating department where we would crate different uh, uh, factory equipment, the, the playground equipment up, and then we would actually go ahead and send it out. Now, they never allowed me to use really any equipment um, because one time I took a nail gun and I missed the wood and almost hit somebody. Uh, But they did allow me to use a hammer every once in a while and I could do that and help with the crating uh, process. I'm sure you're very moved by that skill set that I just uh, did there. And uh, what I would do, though, when I would go to work is I would think to myself, I really wanted to take my faith to work, but I wasn't sure how to do it. I didn't want it to be pushy. I didn't want to be overbearing, but I wanted it to be authentic, and I really wanted it to be genuine. And so uh, a thought came to me that I would take my faith to work. If you would, I'd like you to imagine that this backpack represents your faith. And for me, what I would do uh, each time I would go uh, to work is I would think about ways that I could share my faith. And so what I would do is one thing, I had an old radio that I would put out And I would listen to classic rock music and to sports talk radio. But then I would actually put on some Christian music every once in a while, too. And some of the guys would walk by and they're like, what are you listening to? And I'd tell them, they're like, oh, okay. And some of them would say other things I can't repeat in church. But uh, nonetheless, I would have my radio. The other thing I would bring in my faith also is just a little devotional. We got two 10-minute breaks uh, within the day, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. And my devotion took me about five or 10 minutes uh, to do that. And so I would go ahead and I would read uh, my devotion. And sometimes guys would ask some questions about that as well. And then finally, I would take my praying hands and place them right on my workstation And I would start praying for everyone around and I would say, oh, Lord, please be with this heathens that I work with. Not really true. I never had the praying hands, but I bet you've seen these before in many people's homes. But I didn't take the praying hands, but I would spend some time actually praying on the hour for different co-workers that were a part of my workplace. And so... That's what I would do each day. I would take my faith and I would go ahead and place it in the backpack and I would take it to work with me. Now, I'd love to say that every single time that I took my faith to work, that it was received wholeheartedly and everyone was excited to listen to me about it. But the reality is, is that many times I didn't receive that kind of suggestion or encouragement at all. Sometimes I would walk into the factory and immediately they would start making fun of me. Sometimes I would walk in and someone would put me down. 
Sometimes I would walk in and they literally were talking behind my back. Now, I want to ask you this. Have you ever experienced this before in your life? You go to church on Sunday and you're full of faith and you're so excited and everything's wonderful. You love everybody. Your life is changing. And then you go to work on Monday morning and everything hits the fan. And you start asking yourself, I wonder if it's even possible to take God to work with me. I wonder, is that possible to even take him there? Is it possible for us to take our Christian faith to work? So for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is I want to talk to you about how we can take our Christian faith to work. And the first way that we can do this is you don't leave this backpack at home. You actually live it. You put your faith into action Whenever you're going to work. You know, often we, that's your first fill-in. Also, for those of you on the stream as well, that's your first fill-in on the JAR app. You know, we often hear this phrase, um, not only do you have to talk the talk, but you have to walk the walk. And Jesus actually said that people will know that you're walking my way if you love others. He didn't say, they'll know you are a follower of mine if you have a bumper sticker that says you're a Christian on the back of your car. He didn't say that if you wear a cross around your neck or if you have a Christian t-shirt, that's how people will know. He said, no, the way that people will know that you are one of my followers is how you love other people. In fact, Jesus said this one day, he said, Yes, the way to identify a tree or a person is by the kind of fruit that is produced. Now, the question that I have for all of you, all of you in the balcony, everyone on the stream as well, is this. What type of fruit should a person who goes to work produce if they are a follower of Christ? And Paul, one of Jesus' closest friends, wrote these words in Galatians chapter 5. He said, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I was talking to uh, one of our staff members a couple of weeks ago, and they were just sharing with me that they have a plaque that is up on their wall of the fruits of the Spirit. They said they've never really noticed it before. It was just kind of on the wall, and it was decoration. And for months and months, they passed by, never looked at it, and then just over the past couple of weeks, they stopped by, and they looked up, and they're like, wow, like those are really hard. It's harder to produce those kind of fruits in our lives than it is to plant into a garden. That producing fruit in a garden is much easier than it is to produce that. And I want to ask you to self-reflect and think that when you go to work, you need to constantly be asking yourself, am I producing these kind of fruits around my coworkers? Am I producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control 
in my work environment. Folks, I understand how difficult it is to pick the backpack of faith up each day and to carry it into work, to walk like Jesus when you're in the workplace. Because it's very, very easy, I'm telling you, it's very, very easy to just set your backpack down and to leave it at home of faith or leave your faith at church on Sunday. It's so easy that when stress is high and things are very difficult and not going your way to just set it down. And people drop their backpack of faith all the time, don't they? In their marriages, in their families. And where we do it, I think, most often is probably in the workplace. It's so easy for us to just set down our backpack of faith and go off and do our own thing. The image that I have of this is when you go to an airport and you see a backpack all by itself. Now, before 9-11, folks, we never worried about it, did we? You'd take your backpack, I'd drop it off outside of a convenience store, I'd walk inside, get some gum, do whatever I wanted, didn't think anything of it, and everything was fine. Now, if you leave a backpack by itself, all of a sudden there are loud announcements, there is a backpack! The FBI comes out. Everyone, you know, takes the backpack. They they confiscate it. They do all kinds of things, and chaos has ensued simply because you left your backpack by itself. And the same is true with your faith, with your backpack. Whenever you leave your faith at home, when you leave it here on Sunday, chaos can transpire. The same is true for your spiritual life as what you'll see in an airport if that takes place. When we set the backpack of faith down, even for something that's really small that we don't think is a big deal, it can actually cause chaos in our workplace and around us. That's why we daily have to examine our faith. Scripture says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. So here's the question that I want to give you today, and it's this. When we, what is it that we're tempted by that causes us to drop The backpack of faith. When are we most tempted to drop our backpack of faith? Well, sometimes we're most tempted to do this. This is your next fill-in. Is when integrity is required. When integrity is required. When you are in a situation where integrity is required, it's very easy sometimes for you to just kind of be like, well, no one's looking, no one's around, God doesn't think it's that big a deal, it'll be all right. Let me give you some examples to see if this has ever happened to you. You go to work and you take some pens or pencils or you take uh, some paper or you take some of the product that you have and you take it home and you don't think it's such a big deal because... It's something small. 
and you leave your integrity by itself. And you have a tendency maybe to do that. And you leave your integrity at home. Maybe another thing that you have to do sometimes is that you leave your backpack of faith at home and then you go out to eat with all of your coworkers, with all of your uh, different uh, friends that you work with. And when you do that, uh, you drink a little bit more than you normally would and your integrity goes off in a different way and all of a sudden you say some stupid things and people are like, ah, that was kind of weird. Maybe uh, for some of you, this is what happens. You're a person who goes on business trips. You go to a hotel. You get ready to walk into the door. And you leave your backpack of faith out in the hallway and you walk into the room and then you go ahead and you get several different porn channels that you watch while you leave your integrity out in the hallway. Maybe for some of you women, you'll go out and you'll have uh, lunch or dinner with a group of people and you're getting ready to walk in, but you leave your backpack of faith out in the parking lot. And then when everyone starts gossiping and putting somebody in the workplace down, you join in and you do it even better than what they are. Or maybe, just maybe, what you do is when there's a racial joke, or when there is a joke about someone's sexual orientation, you jump right in and you laugh and you join into all of that and you leave your backpack of faith at home. Folks, what I'm trying to say is this, is that your integrity and your faith are connected. When you compromise your integrity, you compromise your faith. Scripture says this, I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and you rejoice when you find integrity there. I want you to know that God loves people with integrity. People of integrity please him very, very much. Now, the first way that we're tempted is with our integrity. Secondly, is when money is involved. I know a lot of people who will drop their backpack of faith for money. See if this sounds familiar. You don't declare everything on your tax form. You spend some of your business money on personal stuff. You actually cheat your family out of spending some time with them by working so much, working overtime, so that you can get that bonus, but you don't spend time with them. And I've said it many times before, money in itself is not a bad thing. Money actually is a good thing. But what we use money for sometimes will create some chaos in our lives. It will cause us to drop our backpack of faith. First Timothy 6 says this, for the, what's the bolded words? What's it say? For the love of money. It's not money. But it's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Again, it's not just money. It is the love of money. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Folks, money has the ability to tempt you to drop your backpack of faith. Scripture says this, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. 
Now, folks, I don't know what you do in your home all the time. I don't know where you live. But my guess is this, is that if you choose to drop your backpack of faith just to get an extra buck, your soul is dying, your spiritual walk is dying, and the reality is is that sometimes people literally die because of wanting to get an extra buck. I looked at a statistic over the last uh, month or so that the fourth leading cause of suicide in the United States is when people mismanage money or when people lose their financial integrity. It's the fourth leading cause of doing that. And folks, I just want you to know that trying to just get that extra buck, it's just not worth it. The third way that we're tempted to drop our backpack of faith is when the pace is rushed. When your pace and my pace is rushed, we have a tendency to drop our backpack of faith. Hurry, 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 go, 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 rush, rush, rush is not what God's plan is for your life. And some of you today are so exhausted. Some of you on the stream are so exhausted, you couldn't even come to church today. You're like so worn out and you're overwhelmed in the midst of that. And stress is dominating your life. And you are constantly saying, I don't have time to sit down and have dinner with the family. I don't have time to connect with people. I don't have time to serve in the church. I don't have time to be a part of a small group. I don't have time for God. I mean, if you say that you're too busy for God, what you're actually saying is, God, what I'm doing is more important than what you can do with my life, in my life, and through my life. But if you say that, I bet you anything that you're wrong. Now, folks, as your pastor, as someone who loves you, someone who's for you, someone who prays for you, someone who wants the best for your life, I want you to know this, that you don't want to come to the end of your life and say, well, God, I really didn't do much with my faith. God, I really didn't do much with, you know, the gifts that you gave me. God, I never really got involved in a small group. God, I never really took much time to serve in the church. God, I just didn't do that. I'm telling you, you don't want that on your resume when you come to God at the end of your life. And have you ever noticed this? When people come to the end of their life and you're around their deathbed, they never say this. They never go, you know what? I just wish I would have worked a little bit more. I just wish I would have spent more time at work. Folks, this is your one and only life. There is no dress rehearsal for it. And so you have to choose your pace and your priorities in this life. And if you need to make some changes Maybe this Memorial Day is the day to make them. So how do you take your Christian faith to work? First of all, you live it out. You actually have faith expressed in action. You live it out. And then secondly, you share it. You share expressions of faith. Now, I'm not talking about going to every department at your workplace and knocking on the door... 
By the way, I'm from the crating department. My name's Chris, and you need Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you, you have to convert everyone that's there. Only the Holy Spirit can do that anyways. But what I am saying is that there are some ways that maybe in your workplace you can express your faith in different ways that would be beneficial to those that you work with. As our announcement said, uh, the community basket has been a huge impact in our community. And what I found many times is that coworkers, the people you work with, might actually be more open to coming and serving with you than they are to coming to church first. And it's a huge gift that you could give them to say, hey, uh, we have this thing called the community basket where people get hygiene cleaning items that you could come and serve with me. Would you like to do that? And this Saturday... This Saturday, June 3rd, from 9 to 12.30, you could do that. Those of you that are on the stream, you could actually say, hey, we're going to do that. And it's very simple to do. You just go on the JAR app and you click the outreach button and it's there that you can do that. Now, what's really cool is the number of people that we've impacted so far this year. We have already reached out to 1,000 and 100 or 1,900 people. We've served 1,900 people. And we've actually given out 11,000 different items to our community. And again, you could be a part of doing this. You can do that. And if you're like, I'm not a techie person, uh, before you leave today, you can just go into uh, the lobby and at Guest Connections, you could sign up and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a part of that. Now, I realize that not all of us are morning people. Maybe you're more of an afternoon person. And so if that's the case, on Saturday, we're having something called Popsicles in the Park. And it's not just popsicles. It's actually um, snow cones. Now, everyone likes a snow cone better than a popsicle, right? But we're going to have a snow cone machine, and we'll be doing that at McCullough Park from 12 to 2. And we're just going to be showing God's love in practical ways to put something within your faith that you can actually share. And again, you could invite a coworker to come with you. Hey, we're passing out some free snow cones. Would you come and do that with me? And we're simply trying to show our community that at the jar, everyone matters, everyone belongs, and we want to show God's love in practical ways. Because we truly do believe this, that small things done with great love will actually change the world. It'll change the world around us. So again, maybe the best thing you can do with your co-worker as you're trying to share your faith is to invite them to come and to serve along with you. Now, folks, the truth is, when we live out our faith, the next thing we have to do is we want to share it. If we're living out our faith and we're expressing it in actions, we want to be able to share it. And the reality is, you can do this many times without even having to say a word. The great Christian leader, St. Francis of Assisi, said this, Preach at all times, and when necessary, Use words. I love that. Preach at all times, but when necessary, you can use words. In other words, when you live it out, you you actually share it within who you are. Now, my question becomes, how do you do that? Practically, as we land the plane today, how do I share my faith? 
Well, I want to give you three practical ways that you can share your faith when it comes to the workplace. And the first one is this. Be yourself. Be yourself. One of the problems that people have sometimes in the workplace is that if they're going to share about God, they think that they have to talk a little bit more educated. And so they do this thing called Christianese. They start using words like salvation and propitiation and sanctification and urination and, you know, I'm not that last one, okay. But, but I'm just saying they'll start using like all of these things and people are like, well, what are they talking about? You don't have to use big words for people to be connected to you. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. And you don't always have to have the Christian smile. And my life is wonderful. Since Jesus came into it, everything has been great. Just wonderful. Let me pray for you. No. Where people are most connected is when we are ourselves and we actually share from our pain and our struggles what we're going through. And they're like, oh, that's connected. And you say, but one thing that's helped me is my faith. And you can do that by being yourself. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. That's who you are. That's what you have to offer. You're able to actually not fake it, but be yourself in the workplace and you can share. You know what? The thing that's changed my life the most is to know that my past is forgotten. The things I've done in my past, God doesn't hold those to me. And I'm made new, and you can have this as well. The second thing that is important in sharing your faith, first of all, be yourself. Secondly, listen to others. Be a good listener. There is nothing that I've found more powerful in the workplace, folks, than when people are choosing to be good listeners. It's so difficult for you and I, but this is the reality. You have one mouth and two ears. In other words, you should listen twice as much as you talk. And and the key for you when you're in the workplace is that you're actually a person who is genuinely listening to the needs of other people. And when you do that, it creates such an involvement and a connection where people want to hear from you. And when you listen, you express your faith in such a way that people are attracted to the God that you're wanting to share with anyways. Scripture says this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You can do that. You can express your faith through love by simply listening to the coworkers that are around you. You know, I'm so proud to be a part of a church where there are some great listeners. People who 24-7 are listening to the needs of others and then reaching out and caring for them. And you can be one of those people. So, how do we share our faith when we're in the workplace? First of all, be yourself, be a listener, and then finally, be assured. Be assured that when Christ has called you to step out, he's asking you to have an assurance that he has gifted you enough to share your faith in the way that he's called you to. 
that God has chosen you to be his hands and feet. Did you realize, folks, that Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer are not going to necessarily impact the lives of your co-workers? But you have the opportunity to do that. And you can be assured that he is calling you to live out your faith and to share it with others. Because this is the truth, folks. Every single one of us, when we encounter a coworker, is either pushing them away from God or we're pushing them closer to God. And the choice truly is up to you. And so I want to ask this question as we kind of wrap things up, and it's this. That at the end of your life, what will your coworkers say you were known for? When they think about you specifically, what will you be known for? Scripture says this, the news of your faith in God is out. We don't even have to say anything anymore. You're the message. The truth is, folks, that you are the actual message that God is calling you to give in your workplace. You're the message. God has chosen you, and he wants you to live his message out and share his message with the co-workers during the working hours. Folks, if you would, right now, what I'd like you to do, everyone on the stream, everyone in the balcony, everyone down here uh, on the main floor, is to either look at your program or your app, and there's a question there that asks a challenge for a coworker. Who is the coworker who's disconnected from Christ or the church that you could start reaching out to? That you could not only live out your faith with actions, but you could share it with expressions of that as well. Because when Tuesday comes, you'll have a choice again whether or not you'll put on your backpack of faith and you'll walk into wherever you work and actually share your faith and live it out in your workplace. So I'd like to give you a moment right now to write down one name of one coworker that you could share your faith with and that you'll walk in with your backpack. And when you do, remember, be yourself. Be a great listener. And be assured that he will gift you with every word you need to share your faith. So if you would, take a moment right now, those of you on the stream as well, and to simply write down the name of one coworker that you could show your love to. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Loving God, we thank you so much for this teaching today that reminds us how important the working hours are and the way that we can live out and share our faith. 
God, remind us too that the work that we have is a gift from you. And whether we're a supervisor or whether we're a team leader in some way, if we're new to the job, help us to work as if we were working for you. And today, if you want to be the type of person that is willing to take your backpack of faith into your working hours, but you need the courage to do that. You feel intimidated, you feel overwhelmed to share faith in the workplace, and you need God to help you to be yourself, to be a listener, to be assured. If that's you, you're like, I want to do this, Chris, but I need some help to do that. I'm going to invite you just to uh, raise your hand. You can just lift your hand up and say, God, that's me. I want to be a person who can share my faith at work. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray right now that you would give courage to each hand that's lifted to help them to live out and share their faith in the working hours. I pray that there would be many co-workers, God, whose lives would be impacted this summer by the fact that we are choosing to take you and our faith into the workplace and walk the way that you walk. God, help each of us to be different when we walk this week, wherever it is that we work, so that your name would be made great. Now, as we uh, continue to be praying, maybe for some of you, you're like, you know, you're talking about the workplace, and yeah, I don't feel very connected there, but honestly, Chris, I feel kind of a void in my life, not just in the working hours, but throughout all the hours of the day. There's something that's missing. And maybe today is the day where that missing link that you've been missing can be found, and that is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've been trying to work so hard, do everything in your own power, in your own strength, and maybe today is the day where you're like, God, I surrender my life to you. I want you to be the leader of my life. And if you're there, Jesus loves you so much that he went to a cross and he died upon it for you. Three days later, he rose again so that you could have eternal life with him. And maybe today is your day to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need your love. I need your grace. I need a second chance with you. And if that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together in unity. And so for those of you on the stream, everyone here, if you feel comfortable doing so, just bow your head and simply repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.